Welcome back. It's George Hook. It's the right hook. And I'm joined by Brendan O'Connor. He of the Sunday Independent, where these days he appears to write more than 50% of uh, the coverage. And, of course, now and today being Wednesday, presenter of this new television show, The Cutting Edge. Brendan, welcome to the programme. Hi, George. I actually said that in the Sunday Independent, not as a cheap shot, but rather... Well, somebody had to fill up the space left for you, the large <laughs> space left for your No, but truthfully, truthfully, you are, and I did want to ask you about it, because you have a tremendous ability to write a lot of stuff, which isn't easy, like all of us who, who write for a living know it's quite hard to do. Have you got a great work ethic, or, or what is uh, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I work I work hard, you know. Yeah. Um, but you've all week to do it. That's the beauty of a Sunday paper. Sure, look, there's guys, guys in it and daily papers churning out two and three pieces a day, like. Yeah. So I'd say they wouldn't have much time for hearing for what a hard worker <laughs> I am. The Sunday crowd are kind of the landed gentry of the newspaper market. Well, your your television career has 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 undergone a few bumps and stuff, but the new show. Uh, we're now, I think, today is week five. Yeah, yeah. So, that's but then the it's going to take a summer holiday. Yeah, this was a, this was a kind of a mini run. We and we came to it a bit late and getting it together and all that. So, uh, kind of gave it give it a run out now into the summer when things were kind of relatively quiet and see how it works and uh, and we come back with a proper season in. One of the problems of being an old age pensioner, Brendan, which is all in front of you, is you can't remember what day of the week it is. Of course, it's Tuesday and it's tomorrow night. I was too polite to say anything because I thought you were pre-recording it for tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Is that going to worry you now, George? Because you know the way you obsess about uh, I obsess. You practice remembering phone numbers and stuff, don't you? Day of the week is a big one, George. It is a big (laughs) one. (laughs) I'd get that checked. Um, So it's a very different, it's more than just a different show than you've done. In a way, it's a different show from what anybody's done. You would hope so, yeah. I mean, it's kind of blindingly, stupidly simple in one way. Um, And like in one way, you kind of think, is there a television show here at all? But there is like, and we, I suppose we just had confidence in the idea of good adult conversation. And I think we're getting there, you know. And uh, I think, look, we all know in our gut, what do Irish people want? Like, they want good adult conversation. They want a few roads. They want a few laughs. They want Irish people talking about Irish things. And uh, and nobody's plugging a book or nobody's, you know, nobody... Like, there's always... When, when you're doing a chat show, and no disrespect to chat shows, I loved my time on this Iron Night Show, and I'm very proud of it, but there's always, like, 50% of it every week you could take or leave, you know, but you need to have people there for particular reasons. You need a bit of celebrity, you need a bit of this, you need a bit of that. But they're not always the greatest conversationalists. But the idea with this is that it's about good conversation. So there's, so no, you there's would, no boring bits where you're right. asking a model about, you know, her, her illustrious career or any of that kind right. of thing. So it's this is for you, in. this is a more, this challenges you more and you it's, enjoy it it's more. It's certainly yeah. more challenging and uh, certainly enjoy it more, yeah. And it's it's been great too. Like setting up a new thing, you've done it yourself. And, yeah. and I mean, we did that with the Saturday Night Show, but it was a particular format that people expect and understood on a Saturday night. Presented this by is Ray whole, Darcy. This is a whole new kind of a thing here. And like the great thing is people Presented seem to Presented by have got Ray it. Darcy now on Saturday nights. So I hear. Um, <laughs> but this, the, 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 
the show that's on tomorrow night, yeah, Wednesday okay. night, at half thirty afternoon. It's, it's, yeah, it's a new thing and a new slot and everything. And you're wondering, are people going to get it? I was fairly worried that, like, you know, most new things don't work, do they? And, uh, you know, I've got my fair few shit kickings in my day as well. So, you know, I... I wasn't sure if it was going to take or not. And the great thing is, I think, you know, it's taken. I I think that we're improving all the time and I think that the autumn will be will be much, much better. But pe- people still, you know, people say to me, God, you must be delighted with the show. It's going great and all that. And I'm thinking, no, because, you know, all I can see is how it could be improved. You wouldn't be human if you weren't incredibly worried those first couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And still am, still am. But, because but, you but, don't, the problem with that show, I think, yeah. is that it's very hard, I would think, if I was in your job, to know how it's going while it's going on. Absolutely. that's it. It's funny you should say that. Like, the first night, we finished the show, and it's kind of, you're not getting as much audience feedback and stuff either, which I'd be more used to. So the end of the first show, I sat there, rooted to the spot, and... I was like, oh my God, that was a car crash. That was a mess. And they came over and said, no, that was good. It went well. And I was like, did it? And I still don't know at the end of any particular week. You have a fair idea. You know, we've done four now. You have a fair idea. Sometimes there isn't as much energy at the table or whatever. But you still just, yeah, you don't know. It's like sitting in here. I presume you don't know if you have caused consternation outside your nuclear bunker or whatever. You know, it's kind of... It's, yeah, it's it is. But, thing, but, like, but, uh, but I think I think we, um, we're getting there. And you know what I think as well, George, and I know you'd probably agree with me on this, is that there is less and less robust conversation allowed. You're probably one of the few uh, shows that manages to do it. There's a lot of set-up political arguments on the radio or there's a lot of stick in a person from one side and stick in a person from the other side and let them have a go off each other but I think when it comes to issues outside of politics we're not allowed as you know to have uh, uh, yeah, I want any, to go there anymore. if you don't mind. Yeah, uh, my guest, yeah. Brendan O'Connor, of course, who tomorrow night at 9.30 will be presenting a cutting edge. It's uh, episode five of the summer series and then it'll take a break and we'll be back in the autumn. But I was going through a series of articles that you've written over the last number of weeks. right? And each one of them actually addressed the kind of topics that... When we talk about them, we wonder, am I allowed to speak about this anymore? The political correctness now is in danger of actually stifling journalism, isn't it? Journalism in its widest form, a radio, television. Like, I, mean, I think instance, there is a fear there. You're talking about fat shaming. You're talking about Donald Trump. Yeah, I'm uh, not saying I'm that brave or anything, but I think there's a fear among a lot of journalists now about being at the receiving end of... Uh, of a, 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 a Twitter attack from, you know, people who who only really accept one way of looking at the world and don't wish to be challenged on it and, and, and go for the juggler but, but and anyone who does challenge it. Say, I saw, can I just yeah. say one thing? I don't know if you read a piece in The Observer at the weekend, I forget who it was by, and it was about Muhammad Ali. All right, we all said Muhammad Ali was a great guy and all this, right? This guy used Muhammad Ali to talk about the nature of modern celebrity. And he said, like, you think what Muhammad Ali did, right? You think the stuff he said was completely unacceptable to his audience, right? He stood up when it was difficult to stand up and said things, and look, some of it probably misguided, but said things that people really didn't want to hear, got himself thrown out of boxing for for probably what should have been his golden years for it, right? You compare that to celebrities now, right? 
When's the last time a celebrity actually stood up and said anything that was remotely controversial? They all want to be beloved. They're all afraid of Twitter. So they stand up and say things like, isn't it terrible about this and isn't it awful about that? I'm heartbroken about Why? this. I'm heartbroken about that. And it's, it is all... There might they might be feigning saying something that is that is unsayable, but they're not usually. They're usually saying something that everybody else, all the other worthies, can get on board and say, "Oh yeah, bless, isn't that great?" And they can all go on Twitter and have. Why are we afraid of Twitter when ninety percent of the people on Twitter are anonymous? I wonder. Is I I I don't know about that, and I I'm not as engaged with Twitter as I probably should be. Not as engaged as as you are. I wonder. Is it because? People, they, particularly in the media, the, the the industry is you know is going through difficult times. Jobs are hard to come by, and people are seeing that you can have your career ended by one slip up, even when you're not the bad guy. If you say something wrong, it can suddenly a swarm can arise, and somehow you can see yourself done out of a job. And I mean, it's we've seen it happen. Academics, we've seen it happen. Journalists, we've seen it happen. People in the public eye who are destroyed over one slip or one, you know, saying the wrong thing. So I think there's a very real fear that the consequences, while, you know, my mother down in Cork or, you know, a lot of the people that you and I know around the country probably don't know what they're saying on Twitter. Um, I think people fear that the consequences of it can okay. be very real, you know. I was, I, I must say I took, I, I read the thing about you wish you were fat shamed earlier on. Yeah. Fat shame. Like, why are we shaming fat people? Yeah, I think we have to... I thought that was... I was really upset about that. Okay, I think that uh, you're talking about one thing and, and what fat shaming has become is something else. So basically, you're talking about people saying, hey, fatty, and yeah. look at that fat pig there and all yeah. that kind of thing. That's not actually fat shaming. Isn't fat it shaming, not? no. See, well, it seems to have broadened out. I presume you've been following this as well. It's broadened out too. Oh, yeah, I have to tell you. For example, have, yeah. if in the in the office, right? And I work with with uh, mostly women in the yeah. part of the office I'm in, right? And they, and I do as well with them. I'm kind of half woman myself at this stage through osmosis, right? We do talk a lot about eating and about weight and all that. I don't think any of us are particularly ginormous, but someone, one of them would come in and say on a Monday, I feel so fat after the weekend. I was out drinking cocktails on Friday yeah. night and I, then I stayed in and had a pizza and yeah. Saturday night well. and whatever, pigged out for the weekend. I feel so fat, I can barely fit into my jeans. If you say that within the earshot of anyone who is obese, you are fat shaming them by talking about that particularly because you are not actually fat, you are just speaking relatively about yourself. Do you see what I'm saying? Fat shaming as well. If you express concern for someone's health uh, or like if you do it under the guise of saying fat people are more unhealthy, cost more money, all that kind of thing, apparently that is fat shaming. It's just, it's often done under the guise of that we care about their health. So if you're talking about the obesity problem in general, you, it seems that you are fat shaming there because, and you're pretending you care about it because of their health or whatever. It's actually fat shaming. So basically, I think what it's come down to is we're not allowed to mention weight at all. You're not allowed to mention it around people who have weight. And uh, you're not allowed certainly say to, to anyone who has weight, you're not allowed mention anything to them about it and I the thing is okay so that's fat shaming now ridiculous right but you know what the weird thing is that's not such a new thing because this is the point I was making when I was much fatter than I am now nobody mentioned it to me either right 
And in fact, if I said, Jesus, I'm huge, if I saw a picture of myself and I said, look at the size of me, nobody will say, yeah, you should lose a few pounds. People say, but no, get- no, you can carry it. You're fine. You're big. You're you're a big man. And oh, women like a bit of... And like I always did okay with women and everything. So I kind of got away with it, you know, as you do when you're a man. It, it's, it, you don't have to be so... You didn't have to be so body conscious in my day. So what I meant was I wish somebody had sat me down earlier and said, listen... Look at the state of you. Let yourself go and and but do it now. There no, you. I, I did say yeah. to my mother though well, uh, when we were. To, she she. My mother obviously on a Sunday gives me a report on my pieces and yeah. how, how yeah. she could have written. Them you herself seem to and be as affected so, by your mother as I was. I, I, I my mother is we're we're very close and she's yeah. she's a wise woman, and uh, I ended up saying to her, you know, I said you were ahead of your time with the fat shaming because my mother was the one person in my life and I think probably in, in in the lives of the rest of my family who would say look would at the you? size of you you'd want to get yourself in right. get yourself in hand no my there. mother was completely different I mean yeah. my mother thought that I came through babyhood without nappies you know yeah. and and like uh, there was, I was perfect you know I was writing sonatas at the age too so my mother would never have issued a word of a, criticism. A fatwa. Well, uh, no. I, my I, mother I was... Say, I, I should say in my mother's defence, she is my my greatest supporter and wouldn't have yeah. a word said against me. Yeah. But at the same time, she'd, she'd but, uh, tell but, me herself. Yeah, but I mean. it's interesting now. You started this by saying we can't speak anymore yeah. because of Twitter. Yeah. And we can't say things that... I don't think it's like, because of Twitter. I think I there's, know, a, but, there's but, a general... Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. Do we use Twitter now as a kind of as a catch-all catch phrase all. to mean? But anyway, apart from yeah, that, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. For whatever reason, we feel we can't rock the boat anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We can't call Protestants prods, or you know, we can't do anything. Like no. You <laughs> said. You said. See. You said to me as we were walking in here, we 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 were having a kind of you and I were having a kind of a cork conversation, and you said, "No, we have to be careful being listened to here because, as two cork guys, we can't talk the way two cork guys." would have talked before. Yeah. And certainly, like, I mean, the, the kind of casual abuse that passed for conversation between me and my friends from Cork, it, it, it wouldn't be allowed. Yeah. But, but having anymore. said that, though, the next president of America is going to be a man who says things that people don't want to hear. He certainly does. And, George, we'll, we'll agree to differ on this because, I mean, the man is, is, is insane in ways, right? It, no, but at not. the same time... I think, I mean, if you look at the example of what, and like I do, I'm conscious we'll be talking about this on the show tomorrow night. I have to say, you look at him right now and the people who call Trump a Nazi, who's who's the Nazis here like? Are they, are, is, is Trump the person who is murdering the homosexuals? Is Trump the person who's going to come for the disabled next? Is Trump the person who's going to come for the Jews next? Who are the Nazis here? This notion that Trump is a Nazi, I think it's the maddest stuff I've ever heard. But this is be- this is because we have conflated the idea of somebody saying things that you don't agree with, with somebody who is actually physically hurting you. You know what I mean? That's so this right. Is this notion like going to mass that, on Sunday. 
what do you mean? Well, if you say you go to mass on Sunday, they like call for they call for the the paddy wagon to take you away. Like you you believe in fairy stories. You must be a dinosaur. Like look look at the appalling way they carried out uh, the campaign on on same sex marriage. Anybody who was opposed to it out of conscience was immediately deemed to be some kind of arch conservative Egypt. Unacceptable point of view you know, those people had. You I know? remember listening to one of these American multinationals who decide to enter the debate and somebody says, it's a no-brainer. So in other words, anybody went against it in no brain. Yeah. But you're and you the- see, you can say that as well because I remember you made a very important intervention early on in that, which was that the fat, bald, toothless old dinosaur who has loads of out-of-date views stood up in the Late Late Show and talked about love and talked about why gay people should be allowed to get, get married. And that was right at the beginning, wasn't it? It was very, very early on. Yeah. Listen. Um, so you would, I would like if the, if the show would become a place where people would... The uh, cutting edge on Wednesday night. say uh, the cutting edge on Wednesday nights just after 9.30. You would like it to be a place where I don't think we're going to talk overly about politics but politics as in how they affect the personal I think the way we live our lives today I think yeah. this is where the culture wars are going on you know politics is largely ding dong at this but, stage but, you know uh, I mean? but there are else. huge culture wars going on here as, as and you you're, what and, you're and, hoping for in in it went tomorrow night's the last one of this tonight. Uh, of tomorrow the night, yeah, tomorrow sorry, night, you confuse me now. Uh, yeah, of the summer, but yeah. then the awesome series. Like what you're hoping for is that there will be discussion of topics that might not be discussed anywhere else. That that would be and the that, idea. That'll be I mean, really you interesting. Know, you have. Do you remember you said there you were a killer with women in Cork in your youth? <laughs> Do you remember you that. said I said that? It did okay. All right. Well, Dad, okay. you're a person yeah. of understatement, so I yeah. would translate that as you were a killer with women. No, nah, no, nah, but you know what? I tr- I tried but hard. I want so to even, ask you a question. I tried a lot, so even if you had a low hit rate, like... All right. Mm-hmm. Do you know how they're doing it now? I mean, are you not worried that uh, the next generation with the, it will just have Instagram and some dame will say, or some fella will say to some dame, how are you? Uh, six o'clock outside, wherever... Right? Yeah. Or Tinder. Uh, I'm getting off the six o'clock train from Cork, CH Houston Station. Are you not worried about that? I'm, I'm very glad that, uh, that this stuff was not around in my time yeah. because I'd say no more than yourself. I was a guy who needed a bit of time to set out my stall and to kind of work mm. it. I would probably not have been an attractive. Uh, option if you were swiping left or right I would have been swiped at a no, no I but I was persistent and, right. and you know those old fashioned values of, of you see thing is we had to work hard to actually get dates yeah. right I mean you had to talk to them you had to persuade them walking Absolutely. down Patrick Street all that sort of stuff yeah. so now it's were you done. a good looking man when you were young I it's subsequently women now age seventy five have come up to me and thought I was fabulous when right. I was young. Yeah. I didn't think I was because I got dumped by more women in Cork than you could hit with a stick. I used to get dumped all the time. Maybe that all was their once names, they got to know you though. All their names are engraved in my heart. The ones who stood me up, and I'm too gentlemanly to name them on radio. But, They're probably mostly dead at this but, stage. <laughs> Listen, I'm. Do you know what I'm doing next on the show? What? Do you know where I was yesterday? 
in the pro-cathedral welcoming St. Anthony's relics. Yeah, yeah. Aren't yeah. you proud of me? I, I, I am. I am. Would you would you save a bit of that for... Because what George is too modest to mention is that he's coming on the cutting edge tomorrow night at 9.30 and... and I was hoping that we could talk a bit about the relics. So don't well, well, yeah, don't, don't give away them. I'd like, well, I'd like to. I think you know these are the kind of things that need. A, well, did you an not airing. go? To I was a devotee of Padre Pio as a, as a child. Well, yeah. I, I used to um, visit the glove now and again. Yeah, you because the glove used to go around. No, I never R- saw the glove. raggy old glove. No, I think he well, used to come up to the GA club or the community school, and myself and my mother would head up and pay reverence to the glove. So you were always a devotee of St. Anthony, I'm really? George Anthony Hook. Right, right. Oh, listen, will I see you tomorrow night? Well, I, I should hope so. <laughs> Are you planning to turn up? You see, this is very late for you to be coming in uh, by show five because normally, as you know, with my new endeavours when I started doing the radio or whatever... I normally like you there to hold my hand in the early <laughs> stages, but they said, no, wait, we'll save George for yeah, sure. You're now I wanted veteran. you in their shows one, two and three. You're but, a veteran. Uh, yeah. uh, Brendan O'Connor tomorrow now, night. Now, George, I think we were probably a, a bit agreeable there, both of us. Yeah, but we yeah. won't be tomorrow. No, we won't be. I was in your house now, so I was being polite to you. Yes, but you'll you be are. in my house tomorrow Correct. night. You're and I, I have sorry. never <laughs> forgiven you, ever, and will go to my grave yes, for the appalling <laughs> way you treated me with Ryan Trubridge on New Year's Eve New Year's a what few New years Year's ago. Eve was it? I don't know, but it was. Yeah. I'll never forgive you. I took you out with one comment, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. took me out. Yeah, and the audience laughed and that was it. It didn't matter whether you were right or I was wrong I was, That was the end of me. It was a cheap laugh, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. You didn't speak to me for Two five years? years three or five. More. <laughs> yeah. All right, tomorrow night, RT1. And you've limited, as, as my father says, time is not on your side, so I'm sorry we missed out on five years <laughs> of this beautiful friendship. But Can I? George, thanks. Thanks, Brendan.